have your Bibles, guys, I want to ask us to go back to uh, Hebrews, the 13th chapter. We've been unpacking some gospel truths out of this 13th chapter. It is rich uh, with evidences of our faith. We thought that we entitled this, Show Me the Evidence. Hebrews, the 13th chapter. And we'll begin our reading again at verse number eight. Hebrews 13, verse number eight. Glory to God. The text says this in Hebrews 13, a Jesus, the same yesterday and today and forever. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is good is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. I'm in the KJV now. Okay, Uh, we have an altar where they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle for the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin, are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, let us, let us offer the, by him therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God, continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name verse 16 says but to do good and to communicate forget not for which such sacrifices God is well pleased I want to go back and read 15 and 16 from the NLT uh, just uh, but I want I, I needed to you to hear the fact that the fruit of our lips give praise to his name text says uh, therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Next verse says this, says, and don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. What are these sacrifices that please God? Giving him praise continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving praise his name, and to do good and to share with those in need. The Bible says those are the type of sacrifices that please our God. Can I get a witness? Now, I shared with you on last week uh, that, that there's a difference between um, praising and worshiping him, right? Go back to Romans, the 12th chapter, Romans chapter number 12, real quickly, verses 1 through 3. There's a difference between praising him and worshiping him. We see something here. It says in Romans, the 12th chapter. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find what? Acceptable. Verse, the latter part is verse one says what? This is truly the way to worship him. What is truly the way to worship him? Let your bodies be a living sacrifice. And holy sacrifice. Now, again, I told you on last week, in order for a sacrifice to be a sacrifice, as it related to what these people would think in their minds as the sacrifice that was given on the altar, a sacrifice had to be put to death. Right? You had to kill it. That lamb, that sacrificial lamb was put to death and the blood was spread on the mercy seat for the sins of the people. Right? So it had to die. So when the Bible says that we are to be a living sacrifice, it's actually a contradiction in term if we think of it in a natural sense. Because how can you live and yet die at the same time? So what he was telling us is we have to learn how to die to self. 
Any of y'all got Seth on the throne right now? Oh, you ain't going to admit it, are you? To, to die to self means that, that I'm going to die to my way of living and I'm going to allow God's way of living to permeate through my body. The Apostle Paul said, and I love to quote it in Galatians 2 and 20, I think it is. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I, but Christ does what? Liveth in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So this is true the way to worship. And when we die to self, when we die to doing life our way and decide that we're going to do it God's way and allow God to live through us, that's the way to truly worship him. Right? Worship him. I want to read something to you that, 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 that I, I, I was uh, meditating on uh, just um, uh, last couple of weeks or so, and I, I thought it was a very, very, very uh, timely story. It's a true story, uh, and it's, it, it relates to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He says, in a sermon he preached on November the 17th in 57 at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, uh, Dr. King shared a story. He says, on a night drive between Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Atlanta, Dr. King and his brother experienced a string of discourteous Drivers, As their car passed others along these narrow roads on their journey, these other drivers either forgot or refused to dim their lights. He said, frustrated, Dr. King's brothers declared that the next car that didn't dim their lights, how many of y'all drive with your lights on bright? Blinding folks. Hello, you know, you're supposed to dim them when they come, right? He says his brother declared that the next car that didn't dim their lights was going to receive the same treatment. I'm going to fail to dim my lights and I'm going to pour it all on them in all their power. Quickly assessing the possibility, Dr. King replied that doing so would only make things worse. Dr. King says, somebody got to have some sense on this highway. <laughs> he says, someone has to dim the lights. And he entitled his sermon, someone has to dim the lights. And I, I referenced this a few Sundays back. The message he, he preached that night focused on three critical questions. What it means to love, how to love our enemies, and why we should love our enemies. Talking about living this faith out, being a, 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 a living sacrifice, doing it under God. That's the truly the way to worship him. And he says, he says, how do we love our enemies? He says, number one, we evaluate ourselves. He says, we might, we might be doing... He said, we, we evaluate ourselves. What might we be doing that causes people to hate us? Now, I know some of y'all are like, mm, I ain't know he said that. <laughs> he says, we evaluate ourselves. What might we be doing that causes people to hate us? Number two, he says, we seek and find the good in our enemy. Oh, say what? We seek and find the good in our enemy. Then, he says, then we focus our attention on what we've found when we seek to find the good in our enemy. And number three says, we work for their welfare and not their downfall. He says, we may not like them, but we must love them. Let me say it again. He said, we must not, we may not like them, but we must what? I'm going to say that again. We may not like them, but we must what? He says, he says, (laughs) so, so, and, and again, that, that, I, I challenge you to go look at that sermon. But, but again, what he, what, really, what he really was saying is, let's become a living sacrifice. Let's not just read the scriptures, but let the scriptures become an embodiment of God's power, God's word, God's son inside of us. 
Because the Bible does tell us in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among men. So when we allow the word of God to have its preeminent place in our life, then we begin to see ourselves dying to old Doyle Adams, dying to old Nate Lanier, dying to uh, to uh, Charles Salter. Uh, uh, is that did I get that right, Charles? Uh, uh, dying to uh, uh, Jeff Harper, dying to uh, Terry Lars, dying to Lou Moore, dying to whoever we are. Because if the truth be told, many of us still want to be on the throne. Many of us probably wouldn't have heeded the words of Dr. King, but what he really was trying to say, let's live this stuff out, because he was just quoting from the book of gospel according to Matthew, the fifth chapter, 43, verses 43 through 45, when Jesus said, love your enemies. Jesus said, love your enemies. Now, listen, why, why did I bring that up? Because in this society that we find ourselves living in right now, there is a lot of hatred and vitriol that is being permeated throughout this country. Are y'all with me? It used to be you could disagree with somebody and still go to dinner with them. But now if you disagree with them, oh, they cut you off. You could vote for somebody different than what they were vote, voting for, and it wasn't a big deal because you still love each other. But now, if you voted different from me, oh, 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 I can't even talk to you anymore. But my question to you is, how, pray tell me, will we as a body of believers effectively minister the gospel when we withdraw ourselves from anybody who's different than us, who talks different than us? How many of y'all know that if you're going to reach somebody, an unsaved person with the gospel, that unsaved person is not going to have the same value system as you are. That's why you got to go to them. Now get back. Okay, so, so, so look, look back at your outline, guys. We're talking about show me the evidence. And we, we're down here on this third one. We've been picking on this third one for a while, right? Sharing in spiritual worship. We said don't get, number under sharing in spiritual worship, first thing we say is don't get entangled with strange doctrines or teachings. Go back to Hebrews 13, if y'all will with me. Verses 15 through 16. So don't, don't, don't get entangled with strange doctrines or teachings. Well, look at verse 9. Go, go, look at verse 9. <laughs> look at verse 9. He says, so don't be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. Remember what was happening here. The, there, there were many of these Hebrew Christians who were facing persecution and they were, they were tempted to go back to the old way, going back to the typology, going back to the things that they were, they, they were accustomed to doing under the law. They were accustomed to doing under the former dispensation. Now they're under a New Testament dispensation. And now Jesus is telling them, and the writer of Hebrews is telling them, hey, listen, you have what you have now is far better in Christ than what you had under the old. Don't go back. Don't try to obtain your righteousness by meeting on certain days or, or, or not eating certain foods because those things don't make you righteous. Go with me right quick to Romans 14. I got, I got Get there, Romans 14. What you eat or don't eat doesn't make you righteous before God. Romans, the 14th chapter. And let's start reading at verse number one, if you will. Because Romans is, a, is one of those books that I think is critically important for us to have understanding on because it's a doctrinal, it's a book that 
helps us to get down into the doctrinal meat of Christianity and what it means. Because you had these folks who were who were still trying to hold on to what they were accustomed to. I shared with you on last week that that there are things that have to change if we're going to move and reach a different generation. The gospel does not change. The Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But how we reach people does have to change. How we do ministry has to change. I don't apologize for that. I'll, I'll share with you, you know, one of the things that, 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 that changed even probably more dramatically during the, uh, during the pandemic was uh, how we give. How many of y'all remember the days when we, when we used to uh, pass the bucket? Y'all remember that? Oh, no, no, back up. Let's go back a little bit further. How many of y'all remember those days when you stood up and marched and they played the song and you just marching around? Give. What, what did y'all say? And this year, come back. We were marching around and some of y'all be marching with your, with your little envelope and you throw it in the bucket and you going back to your seat. Some of you kind of twist a little bit when you go. I don't know. How many of y'all remember the marching days? Then we said we're gonna get a little, we're gonna move forward a little bit. We're gonna we now we're gonna just not make you march around. Cause how much time did that take? If it was a lot of people, it took a lot of time out of the service to watch you march and drop your money in the in the offering thing. Nothing wrong with it, but we're moving forward now. And then we went to a point where now we passed the bucket and now we no longer pass the bucket. We said drop it in the offering container or, or give online. How many of y'all know that out of our $1.2 million budget last year, 62% of that came from online giving? 62%. Now, listen, I still write checks. Every now and then I'll, I'll do I'm still a little old-fashioned that way. But if I have to, if I'm out of town, guess what? I still send my tithes and my offerings. But that would probably have been unimaginable years ago. It would be unimaginable for a lot of people to say, Pastor, you don't take up an offering? You don't hold people captive and try to squeeze it out of them? I remember the first time I went to a church that all they said was, if you, if you felt led to give, drop it in the offering container if you leave out the door. I said, that ain't going to work at our church. <laughs> That's what I said in my mind. I, I really did. But what I realized is, listen, giving has to be from the heart. And whether I, whether we do it here, make a, a place for it in the service or not, if you are, if you understand giving and understand what God has exhorted us to do, then I don't have to put a, a, a time up here for you to give. You're going to give. You're going to find a way to give. But that's a little different than what we used to do, right? All right. And I, me personally, I think it's a little bit better, right? All right. So, so, so things change. It's all I'm getting. Methods change, but, but, but the message doesn't change. Look at what he says here. Watch this. Romans 14 says, except other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Now, listen, understand the context. He's talking about this issue of meat, eating meats that have been offered to idols. Right. All right. So, so don't miss the context. As a matter of fact, he says, except other believers who are weak in the faith. What does it mean, weak in the faith? It means that these, there are some believers who don't have the same teaching that you have regarding certain issues. And so they are still convicted if they come to church and have pants on. Yeah, that, that, that's some, that, and that's their conviction. And listen, if I, I tell you before, if we go to their church and that's their protocol, if I'm on the preach, Every sister in here that goes, let's put on a dress. Because it's not going to kill us for one, for one service, is it? 
Don't go up in that. Well, I'm righteous. I'm the righteousness of God. My righteousness is not based on how I dress on the outside. I'm free. Well, your freedom could cause the other brother to stumble. So put the dress on and go up there and shout, do whatever you want to do. And when you come back here, you can throw your pants on. That's their conviction. But I would say that person is still weak in the faith as it relates to that issue because your righteousness and your righteousness for God is not predicated on how you dress on the outside. You can dress a certain way on the outside, but if your heart is nasty, you're still nasty. Can we keep moving? Watch this, watch this. Next verse. It says, for instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believe, a believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Are y'all with me today? Next verse, three. It says this. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. All right. So, so again, what you eat or don't eat doesn't make you righteous before God. We said the second thing under sharing in spiritual worship, separate from dead religion and identify with Jesus. New covenant worship is not a religious performance. It's a way of living. Romans 12 told us, This is truth by letting our bodies be a living sacrifice that is truly the way to worship him, right? So I told you, every day of your life, you worshiping. It's just a matter of who you worshiping. It's a matter of who's getting the glory. Because if if what I do with my body, how I live, is truly the way to worship him, if I go to the club and dance uh, and and get drunk, I'm still worshiping, but it ain't to God. My body is a living sacrifice that is truly to wait to worship him. New covenant worship is not a religious performance, but it's a way of living. It's a lifestyle. So what are you getting at, Pastor? You know, we can teach this stuff. We can hear it preach. But if you ain't doing this stuff, you ain't worshiping. Oh, oh, let me back up. You are worshiping, but it just ain't God. Because the way we live is truly the way we worship him. And that's the difference between praise and worship. Worship is a lifestyle. Praise is what we do with our lips, how we honor God and magnify him. So new covenant worship is not a religious performance. It's a way of living. Next thing, embrace being a living sacrifice. Embrace, if I say embrace, embrace. being a living sacrifice. When you embrace something, that means that you, you go in wholeheartedly with it. You, 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 you ride or die, right? How many of y'all embrace being cowboy fans? Let me see hands. How many of y'all embrace being New Orleans Saints fans? See, if you are a cowboy or a Saints fan, you don't jump off the bandwagon because they lost in the first round of playoffs or because they didn't make the playoffs. You, you hear me, Nate? Now, you, you don't jump off the bandwagon if you truly embrace being a true fan. Fan is short for what? Fanatic. Some of y'all, some of y'all, some of y'all are, are so fickle. 
If they do good, you with them. If they don't, you jump off the bandwagon. <laughs> to embrace being a living sacrifice means that, that I am all in, I'm dialed in to, to dying to self and allowing Christ to live through me. Are y'all with me today? So, so, so a person who is a living sacrifice will, number one, praise God all the time. Look at Hebrews 13 and 15. To praise God all the time. Praise is not predicated on what you're going through. Praise is predicated on who he is. Praise is not predicated on how good I am, but it's predicated on how good he is. Such that even when I'm not so good, I can still praise him. Because it ain't about me, it's about. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. How do you proclaim something? You have to say it. KJV says the fruit of our lips, which are words, giving thanks to his name. So what, what does that mean, Pastor? What, so, so I just, Pastor, you know what? I'm just a quiet person, and I just praise him in my silence. That ain't what it says. How do you proclaim something? You have to verbally, audibly say it. So when I come into the house of worship, there's nothing wrong with me saying amen. There's nothing wrong with me saying Hallelujah. Well, I'm just not charismatic. This ain't got to do with being charismatic. Well, I'm not Pentecostal. It ain't got to do with being Pentecostal. It's about being biblical. Well, but Pastor, I just didn't, I didn't grow up that way. It doesn't matter how you grew up. We talked about changing, right? So if the Bible says the fruit of my lips proclaiming or giving praise to his name, then I want to find my lips saying, God, I thank you for another day's journey. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for clothing me in my right mind. Thank you for giving me the activities of my limb. Thank you, God, for putting food on my table, clothes on my back, a roof over my head. Thank you, God, for giving me health and strength. Thanking him. I, 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 some of y'all from Missouri, so let me give you some more evidence. I got to show you. First, first Thessalonians chapter number five. Let's go to verse number 18. First Thessalonians chapter number five, verse number 18. So this, is, this has nothing to do with your denominational upbringing. This has everything to do with understanding what God's word says and dying to self and said, God, I'm going to do what you called me to do. I'm going to love my enemies, God. When in actuality, I really want to pop them in the eye. But I'm not going to do that. How many of y'all know some people right now, you just really want to run and pop them in the eye? Say, hold my mule, Jesus. Now watch this. Listen to what the scripture text says. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, and we're looking at verse number Let's let's uh, go back to verse 14, verse 14. Show me the evidence. So we should be sharing in spiritual worship. We should we should embrace living, being a living sacrifice, which means praising God all the time. Text says this. Ready? Read. Brothers and sisters, we urge you 
to warn those who are what? Can't stand a lazy man, especially a lazy Christian. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid. Now, we warn those who are lazy, but we encourage those who are timid. A lazy man who won't work shouldn't eat. That's what the Bible says. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak and be patient with everybody. There it is. Everybody say patience. Say, God, give me a healthy dose of it. Now watch this next verse. Come on, let's go. It says, see that, see that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Back up. Read that again. Out loud and on purpose. Ready, read. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. He's talking to the church, which says do good to each other in the church and to all people. Next verse, let's read. Always be what? Be joyful. Next verse. Never stop praying. We ought to pray continuously, right? Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. Be thankful in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. In it. Because I have a, if, if somebody, uh, I mean, I, I, if somebody comes and, 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 and pulls a gun and shoot me, I'm not going to say, God, thank you for that person coming and shoot me with that gun. I'm going to say, God, I thank you that in the midst of this tragedy that took place, that you still protected me. I'm still alive. The wound healed it very quickly. And I thank God that I'm back doing what I, what I was doing. I had never been shot before. I don't want to be shot. But if I, if I happen to get shot, I'm going to thank God for protecting me. I'm not going to say, God, thank you for that guy shooting me. In all things, in all circumstances, do what? Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Uh, look at 19, just for good measure, 19 and 20. It says, don't stifle the Holy Spirit. I don't know if y'all have been reading about what's going on up at Asbury uh, University up there. That's a revival that's broke out at this university in Kentucky. And, and the students there have just been staying there. Uh, there's a, they sense a strong presence of the Holy Spirit in that place. And, and, and for probably the last nine to ten days, they've just been worshiping and praising God, repenting, uh, confessing sins. It's, it's a revival that's breaking out with young folks. Did y'all hear me? There needs to be a revival of all folks in the house of God, being willing to say, listen, I no longer want to do life and do church the way I've always done it. Holy Spirit, take control. Man, that, that was, that's encouraging to me because they just want to be in the presence of God. They said the strong anointing of Holy Spirit. And that's what I pray that the, that the Spirit of God would, would, would hover so heavily in this place in us that, that we don't want to leave. Some of, y'all, some of y'all are not there yet because you're ready to go now. When the presence of the Holy Spirit is there, then there, there's a different feel. Can I get a witness? Don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Next verse says, don't scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. 
Stay away from every kind of evil. Their prophetic words are still here today because the Bible tells, talks about the gift of prophecy. But test it. Don't just believe it because someone said it. Test it. How do you test it? Does it line up with Scripture? Did it come true? In the Old Testament, if a person stood up to prophesy and it didn't come true, what would they do? Take him outside the city and stone him to death. I'll tell you before, that'll stop a lot of this prophet lying that's going on, wouldn't it? If that was still in place. Now, now, now watch. So, so, so praise God all the time. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Go to Psalms 150 with me right quick. Hurry, hurry, guys. Psalms 150. We used to read this all the time. Psalms 150. Glory to God. Now, if this is in the Bible, why do we sometimes find ourselves being hesitant to do what these, what the scripture says do? Well, I'm just not used to it. Well, it's not about what you're used to. It's about what does the word of God say? It says what? Praise ye the Lord. Praise God where? In his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his what? His excellent grace. How many of y'all know he's excellent and he's great? Praise him according to that. Watch this. Praise him for, uh, praise him with the, back up to the next one. It says, praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Here we go. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel. You know what a timbrel is? We call it a tambourine. Praise him with the tambourine and the what? How many of y'all, you would have got shot if you danced in your church? Not, not literally, figuratively, spiritually shot. The Bible says praise him with the timbrel and what? Is that in your Bible? It's in the KJV, right? Okay, keep me. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with the string instruments and the organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the what? High-sounding symbols, let everything that hath breath do what? Praise ye the Lord. That's right there in Scripture. That's in Psalm. Now, we read all kinds of Psalms, but how many of us have ever said, you know what? This is, you know, Psalms uh, was, was a book of, of songs, but it was, it, was, it was teaching the children of Israel how to magnify and worship their God. I love what Psalms 47 and 1, you hear me quote it all the time. It says, oh, clap your hands, all you people. It says, shout with the voice of what? Triumph. What is the voice of triumph? When the Cowboys win, you're in the... Can I use that analogy? You're there in your house when Dak throws a, a touchdown pass in the last five seconds. What are you doing? Don't tell me we don't know how to do it. Don't tell me you're shy. I've seen some of y'all at football games. When I was playing, I heard some of y'all from the field shouting. Do you not realize that, that there, were, there were certain games, even LSU, where uh, the, the crowd was so boisterous and noise, the, 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 the tremor registered on the Richter scale. It was like a, 
a, a mini earthquake took place because they were shouting. And just, I would just pray that one day we come up in here and we shout so that they think an earthquake took place in Benton, Louisiana. Praise him because of his excellent greatness. Praise him because he woke you up this morning. Praise him because he started you on your way. Clap your hands, all you people shout with the voice of try. So, so what, what am I saying? If I become a living sacrifice, then my praise of him is not, de- it's not determined based on how I feel or how good I am. You say, well, well I, I don't think I can praise the pastor because I did something I shouldn't have done last week. All right, it ain't about you, it's about him. You repent of what you did last week and come in here and praise him. As a matter of fact, you don't have to get here praising while you're on your way to work in your car. While you're driving around town doing whatever you do, just put your praise music on. Just When you get to the red light, just lift your hands up. Roll your window down and tell the person, if you ain't scared, say, won't you praise him with me? Embrace being a living sacrifice. The person who's a living sacrifice praises God all the time. Second thing is, a person who's a living sacrifice engages in doing good works. Get back to Hebrews 13 and 16, then we're going to go to Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Engages in doing good works. Glory to God. Let's get back. Hebrews 13 and 16. Thank you, Jesus. Are y'all still with me? Say, show me the evidence. Hear me carefully. This is not based on how you feel. It's based off of biblical precept, command, and example. So I have to start doing this not based on how I feel, but based off of what I know. So praise him, embrace, embrace being a living sacrifice by praising God all the time, by engaging in doing good works. The text says this, and don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. You think, I got up and came to church, I sacrificed. (laughs) Come on, really? Is that really a sacrifice? You got up and came here today. Well, you don't understand. You out that bed felt good. I kind of want to stay in that bed. It's a sacrifice. Come on now. Can we be real? It doesn't take much sacrifice to come here, does it? Not really. You get up and go to work every day. You just got up and came to church. Or maybe you're listening via live stream. You got up out the bed and maybe, maybe you're still laying in the bed. Get up right now in the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet and lift those hands up. I, no, nothing wrong. If, if, you, if you're watching this via live stream, don't, don't throw stones at the TV right now. I'm just messing with you. Laughter do a good like a medicine, right? Some of y'all need to learn how to laugh, okay? 
But he says, and don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please whom? God. Doing good, sharing with those in need. One of the things that we try to do as a ministry, and we've been doing it for, for a while now, is we, are, we, we partner with different ministries, uh, our mission outreach efforts, uh, 318 Church, Faith and Fostering that takes kids who've aged out of the fostering system and, and give them a place to, to, that we house them and help them to, to grow and develop, find job skills, and so they can get out on their own and be able to live because they age out of the foster care system. And I would, here's what I would ask you to do for them. Here's what happened to them. One of their major funders looked at, the, uh, at, at, the, at their proposal for next year, uh, for this year's budget, and they asked them about their discrimination policy as it relates to sexual orientation. And, they, and, and, and our, our executive director told them, hey, listen, we are a faith-based organization, and as it relates to working with these young people, uh, we, we don't hire somebody who may be put in a position to where uh, that, uh, that just like, I, just like I would, we wouldn't hire a man to, to, to be, uh, at a house with all girls. Tempting fate. But we also, uh, because of our, our, our faith-based, uh, uh, model of ministry, we, we, we trust and believe in God's definition of, 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 of sexuality. Uh, and so they, they, they asked them to change their policy or risk losing their funding. And so what they did was is said, you know what, we're going to stand with God and we're going to believe God to replace this funding that was lost. Now, let me, let me, let me, let me share something with you because I'm, I'm going to ask you to, to sow toward that effort. Uh, if, if, it, it, wouldn't it be good if we, if we came in and said, okay, we'll, we'll do 10% of that. Uh, it was almost $70,000 they lost in funding because they said, we're going to stand on what we believe the word of God says. Now, again, this, 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 don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. This is not anything hateful. This is not anything uh, untoward toward anybody. We love everybody, but there has to be a standard by which we stand on, and we believe it's the word of God. We're going to minister to everybody. We're going to reach out to everybody. You follow me? So we're not throwing stones at anybody. We're just saying that, uh, and they were saying was that, that, that we, we, we decided that God's way is how we're going to stand. Now, it cost them some dollars. And I'm telling you, uh, in, in the coming days that we're living in, uh, it's, it, you're, to stand for Jesus is going to cost you a little bit more than what it did 30 years ago. All right? Y'all with me? Okay. All right. So, so where, where are we? And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. So let's, let's do good to those and share with those that are in need. Uh, so go to Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 8 through 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. So engage in doing good works. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Let's read. God saved you by his grace when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Look at the next verse. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Right? Next verse. Let's read. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us. What? 
long ago. KJV says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now, we are, we're not saved by good works, but because we're saved, we've been commissioned to do good works. It's not the good works that save us. It's the grace of the Lord Savior Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins, was buried in a borrowed tomb, raised again the third day morning with all power in the heavens in hand, and we receive that in order to get saved. But because we're saved, we ought to be doing good works. Everybody says, show me the evidence. Okay? So engage in doing good works. Thirdly, we should consistently give and share with others. A person who is embracing being a living sacrifice consistently gives and shares with others. And we, uh, if you will, go with me to first, t- uh, well, go, go to, mm, go to Luke 6 and 38, and then we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 8 chapter, and we'll, we'll get you out of here. Luke 6 and 38. Y'all still with me? All right, so we got to embrace being a living sacrifice. Embrace it, that means uh, uh, this is not something that we put on one day and take off the next day. It's who we are. It's what we do. We, people shouldn't be surprised to see us living this out. It should be what we do. Because our example of the love of God permeating our hearts will actually be the thing that attracts people to the church. You know, the music is good. All the facilities are, are nice. But it's not that that's going to attract it's going to be the love of God that's permeating our hearts. Look at what the text says here. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. That's what Jesus said. Okay. The amount you get, let's go to the KJV in case some of y'all think I'm some foreign translation here. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. It shall come back unto you again. Go to 2 Corinthians, the 8th chapter with me right quick as we close this thing out. Consistently give and share with others. And this, listen to me. You don't, have to, you don't have to have a whole bunch of money to be a giver. Look at what he says in 2 Corinthians 8, chapter, verse number 1. Look at what Paul says about the Macedonian Christians. He says, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Watch what he says here. Next verse. Let's go. They are being tested by many troubles. And they are what? They are what? Say it again. They are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. Look at what he says. Maybe you don't have as much as the next fellow. That's always somebody that's got more money than you. All right. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy. Your monetary, your economic situation should never determine your joy. 
Well, I don't have a lot of money, so I'm sad. Well, I don't have a lot of money, so I'm going to go rob somebody. No, no, no. He says, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in what? How, how did it manifest itself? In rich generosity. Look what Paul says. Verse number three says what? For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us. Just as God wanted them to do. You'll never become a true giver until you give yourself to God first. And I'm telling you, it is a responsibility of every born again believer who's a part of a local assembly to give and to support your local assembly. I do not apologize for that because that's Bible. But you got to be the one. I'm not going to sit up and beg you. I'm going to teach you and I'm going to exhort you. But because I've learned this. Everybody say he's learned this. I've learned that God is a faithful God. And that when I sow into his ministry, his ministry, his church, he has a way of taking care of Darl Adams and his family. This Macedonian church, Paul was, Paul was kind of just, he's saying, listen, uh, he was bragging on them a little bit. Y'all get me? Because they didn't allow their poverty to control their mental state and their emotional state. They had joy. And they gave far beyond than what Paul even expected. So, consistently give and share with us. You can read the rest of it. You can read this eighth chapter and this ninth chapter where Paul uh, uh, commends them. And he's, and he's encouraging the Corinthian church to follow through. Because, you know, uh, the Corinthian church was a little sketchy. Y'all know what it means? They were a little sketchy. They had some stuff going on. And so, so, so Paul had to had to kind of stay with them and make sure that they, that they uh, uh, did what they committed to do. Amen? But guys, when we, when we embrace being a living sacrifice, we'll praise God all the time. Nobody has to pump you up to praise him because you understand who he is. You engage in doing good works. Nobody has to beg you to, to, to help somebody or to, to do outreach. When, you are, when you're embracing being a living sacrifice, it's, it's part of your responsibility and you can't rest until you get out and reach and touch somebody. And thirdly, you consistently give and share with others. Guys, the evidence of this needs to be pervasive in this church. And I've told you, this church is not necessarily lack for uh, uh, committed believers in the sense that we are faithful and coming and supporting work of ministry. But what we have lacked is, 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 is what I am after from now until the rapture. It's for us to be in a more outreach-focused church. To be a church that's about reaching the laws, about helping those in need, about being out there in our communities, being an example of a gospel servant who's representing Christ here on earth. That's what we're after. We want us to get engaged in different outreach ministries. And I, I, I challenge you to do your one inside and your one outside. That's still a challenge. And we, we, we're going to put opportunities and we put them out all the time about here's how you can help serve. So let's begin to do this work and show the evidence. And let's, let's, let's do that by sharing in spiritual worship. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we thank you.